0: You're listening to Girl, Don't Trip.
1: Kick back with us weekly as we have soulful conversations about balancing career, relationships, and how to stay grounded through life's wild transitions. Because we could all use a little support from our
0: sister circle. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Girl Don't Trip Radio. Let's do this.
1: Hey, welcome back to Girl Don't Trip with Bianca and Gabby. Hello. Hello. Today our guest in the studio is a good friend of mine and also basically a family member. Yeah. <laughs> I have Miriam Fathy with us here today. Hello, hello. Welcome. <laughs> so Miriam and I met back in college. Aww. That was a long time ago.
2: That was what 2010. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like 10 years ago. Oh, wow, a long funny. time. <laughs> yeah. Um the reason we invited Miriam on is because her story is is different from what we've had ever so far on the podcast, yeah. and I think it's one that a lot of people need to know about because it's special, and it's a lot about growth, and it just opens your eyes to a different thing that a lot of people battle with, mm-hmm. and I think it's something that we should bring to light so let's ask you all of our questions <laughs> please I'm ready I think I'm ready for them <laughs> yeah. so Miriam actually has battled addiction and has now been clean for two years two years oh That's wow. a long yeah. time congratulations
2: yeah. I'm actually going on I think two and a half
1: no I just
2: no two and yeah like two and a couple months yeah <laughs> yeah I always like to ex- like extend it a bit. <laughs> so what was your drug of choice? Um, so it, for me, it pretty much started with, like, I, in high school, I grew up very, like, I was very anti-drug, like, I was very against it, I just, I, w- I was very uneducated about it, and mm-hmm. I think the reason why I it's so dear to my heart is because of the fact that, like, I've gone through what I've gone through, yeah. but, um, yeah, in high school, I just drank, and all I did was smoke weed, and... That was like what I told myself that I was only going to do, and I was like, you know, drugs are bad, and you get addicted, and like all this stuff, and you end up on, the downtown east side, which is a street in down in Vancouver that like all the homeless and, uh, addicts are actually like staying. So, mm-hmm. I always I always was like, I'm not going to become that. I'm not yeah. going to be that. And um, yeah, so when I was. So, in high school, I didn't, like, I was, I stuck to what I stuck to. Did you have and friends that were doing other things? It was, when I was in high school, like, it was very, um, like, if you were doing coke, like, nobody knew about it, because, like, it okay. was almost, like, like, you almost get, you almost got judged for it. Yeah. Okay. So, like, people were very, like, low-key, and if you did do it, like, you would run to the bathroom by yourself, or, like, Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like, it wasn't as big as it is now, like, where yeah. people are just, like, oh, you're okay. Openly doing <laughs> yeah, it, Yeah, exactly. So it was definitely a lot different when I was growing up. So, yeah. like, you know, people, it was more of a shameful thing than actually, like, openly Being doing open it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And doing it at parties. And no, so. it was just, if you had, like, a bag, you would just go to the bathroom and do it, and then that was it. So yeah. I was never around it or anything. So, yeah, so, and it was until my 19th birthday. Um, I remember mm. I, that was the first time I did my first cap of MDMA. And... It was for me. It wasn't like oh my god. Like it was. It was definitely a different feeling. Yeah. And I was like whoa. Like this is so cool. Yeah.
1: Like it it almost
2: felt like I was
1: like in a different life. Were you afraid to do it? Because I know people always say like you do one cap, you can still die. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) True.
2: Um, I don't think I was necessarily afraid of it. I was afraid of what I was gonna feel. Mm -hmm. Because like everybody was like sugarcoating it, and I was like, well, you know, these people are. I don't know. Like. You know, because everyone's tolerance is different. Yeah, right. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it as much as these people are, and yeah, you know, and I and I think with any type of drug, everybody has different highs as well.
0: Yeah. So. So you had that awareness before
2: you. I had that drugs. awareness. Okay. Yeah, I had that
0: awareness before. <laughs> I <I'm> a lucky <you. laughs>
2: A lot of people have to find that out the hard way. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so I did my first cap, and I was like, oh, like this is really cool, and like you know, I did I. And it just, it was, it was from then that I was like, you know, maybe this will just be an occasional. Yeah. And like when I go out or like when I go to the club, you know, like just a little like extra boost me up. Yeah. Especially when we would go clubbing. Cause that was like, I, like I was at that age where I had just turned 19 and I was like, just like the, the legal age yeah, in Canada. Which is, which yeah. Which is the legal age okay. in Canada. So I was like I'm 19 now, I'm going clubbing five days a week
1: mm-hmm. and that's
2: literally what I did. So technically I was doing it like almost four, four times a week. So, mm. and, to, and, and in my head, like, I never looked at it as an addiction and I never looked at it as it could be an addiction. Well,
0: I feel like that drug in particular, it's not, if you don't associate it with right. addiction. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's more like a, like it's a, a party fun, drug. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All, everyone's friends are doing it, like, at exactly. a party. And then yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah.
2: They're, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So then I just stuck to that. And then I got into a really, really codependent relationship. So that relationship was, um... It it was, it it definitely taught me a lot, but it was, my ex was addicted to cocaine. Okay. And so I... And he was using prior to meeting you? He was using prior to meeting Mm you, correct, yeah. So for me, like, coming into it, like, we all, it was, like, it was very different because we all had, like, our cliques and we all knew each other from before, but we had never hung out, like, just alone. So my cousin was dating uh, his best friend and I was dating him. So, like, we would always, like, we would invite our friends, and he would invite their friends, and we would always, like, party together and stuff. Yeah. So, I remember it was me and him, and we, like, did, uh, I remember, and they all knew that I only stuck to MDMA, like, they knew that I was open about, and I was like, yeah, like, I've only done M, and, like, that's all I'm doing, because, like, I had already capped it off at weed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah.
2: So, I was like, now I'm really capping it off. So, then when, uh, so then me and him, I think we were at the house by ourselves, and he was like, just try a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously, like, I would never be, like, the type of person that's like, oh, he forced me to do it. Yeah. I, you know, like, because I'm, I'm, I'm my own person mm-hmm. and I make my own decisions. Yeah. So I was like, you know, might as well. Yeah. So, and that, and I, rem- I, I, from that moment on, as soon as I took that first line, mm-hmm. I knew I was done. You knew? I knew I was done. Yeah. Because for me when going back to MDMA I got very dependent on it like it got to the point with my like me and my girlfriend would just I would call my girlfriend and be like yo do you want to just pick up some M and just walk around yeah. like it got to that so like, it was
1: like using now in the daytime where right actually, and like yeah and using like more
2: excessively mm-hmm, than I yeah. would before <clears throat> but I still never thought of an addiction like mm-hmm. that stuff never occurred to me yeah. even even when I was in that relationship, addiction never. Occurred did you to me.
1: ever think
2: of him being someone yeah, was that was addicted? To... No, I just thought that he was just. How somebody often was he using? Oh, like every day. Okay. Yeah. So, in
0: your mind at that time, what was an addict though? If if you were using almost daily, and right. he was definitely using daily, right? Like in your brain, did you have a different idea of Absolutely. what addiction? I was? had.
2: I had a. I had a. I my image of what an addiction was was somebody downtown on the east side okay so
1: like homeless homeless nodding out begging any any cash you get you're trying to buy drugs stealing whatever yeah yeah. anything
2: that to me was which which is
1: probably typical typical because that's where it leads
2: to
0: but also like most people have that idea of addiction yeah like that's an addict yeah of
2: course yeah of course and mind you i was still very young yeah right right so like i didn't have that whole mature yeah. mentality like and I, during
1: this time too you were in college yeah you were working yeah. like you were I, full yeah. functioning I like. was full,
2: I was yeah I could I could probably say that I was a full functioning addict
1: yeah and that's what a lot of
2: people come like it, that's what a lot of people like that I've met over the years have been like I've, I'm a full functioning addict like I still go to work I still go to school like I still but there's yeah. things that you also drop in the in that process yeah you know? like it's not being a like a full functioning addict is not a good you're thing. You're kind of functioning. You're, you're kind not, of functioning, right? You're not right? totally functioning. Exactly, yeah. So me and him, uh, yeah, so anyways, like, long story short, we the only way that me and him could be around each other was if we were both high.
1: Yeah.
2: When we were sober, hated each other. Like, really? I, li- I would literally get up and look at him and be in f- full disgust mode. Like, I was like, well, why am I here? What am I doing here? Yeah. Like, it yeah. would... Like, I would, me and him,
1: what yes, did that
0: relationship look like? Like, mm-hmm. as, did you guys, how serious were you? How, did you, you have like, like,
1: like conversations about
2: future and stuff no, like yeah. that? And also, like, when you said it was codependent, and so, like, how so? So, like, codependent in the sense where, like, I, like, I only wanted to be around him and the drug. Like, I only wanted it, I just wanted it to just
1: be us. Did you relate the two together? Like, I, I definitely
2: did. And yeah. even after me and him broke up. Yeah. That, like, even after I did coke, after me and him broke up, that relationship would come back. Like, I would get same feelings and same... Like, I would get angry when I would do it because mm-hmm. it would remind me of... So like, what
1: caused the breakup?
2: Oh, I, it, got, it got to the point where me and him were really bad for each other. Like, very bad for each other. Like, it wasn't... I didn't even break up with him. Like It was my friends that were like, this is, this is fuck. Like, yeah. Miriam has lost so much weight. Like, yeah. I I... Like I looked so skinny. Yeah, I just remember doing, that. You know, yeah, and I was just yeah. doing co- well, and I so we actually had like a there was like a party that we had, and I actually had done GHB, which is the date rape drug. So like, there was a lot of other mixes in there, okay. but it, it it never got to like, it was still bad, but it was never like you know we were I was never around heroin or like yeah That yeah, yeah, so so was like, like, and, like right. party it was situation. more just party situations. Was there
1: ever a fear of overdosing? my the the first time
2: I ever had a fear was definitely that one day that one night where we were all partying and my ex I remember he had mixed four different things together and I had never saw somebody like I've never seen somebody in my life sweat the amount of sweat that he had was sweating even just standing there yeah Uh, and I didn't know what to do and I was just like in complete utter shock so I Literally, like, took off his clothes and mm-hmm. put them on my back and ran, and just put him in the shower and just ran cold water under him. And I was, like, forcing him to puke. While you yeah. were high? While I was high. Yeah. Wow. So, I, like, made, tr- and I, like, and I had to go to work the next day at 6 a.m
1: so oh my goodness
2: so like I had to make sure that he was I didn't sleep because obviously I had to make sure that he was good I had to make sure that he wasn't laying on his back I was I had to make sure he wasn't laying on his stomach so just in case he did puke nothing would have happened yeah so all of these things so that is for sure when I when overdose had definitely come to my attention but other than that before I never thought of it as anything and I just thought of it as like people who did overdose were like people who did like the downers, and yeah, like, you yeah. know, like the the opiates and the that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I never thought you could pass away from cocaine or from like you know, like other other such things. So, that's what that that's where that happened, and then so we ended up breaking up. What do you, do you think?
0: Like, what drew you to these drugs? Like, what what came alive in you that like made you feel like okay, this is this
2: is it this is what I want to continue doing like you know what it was what kept you fitting in yeah like and I think that that's what a lot of people struggle with and it's like in order for you to be with this crowd you got to make sure that you're doing the same stuff they're doing yeah so it's like you're almost putting yourself in a situation where you are pretty much losing your own self just to make your like just to make yourself look good in front of these people and just to be a part of a a temporary situation and that's what it was for me it was just about fitting in and just yeah. being being everything that he wanted me to be for him and like being that girlfriend that didn't judge him for doing drugs and yeah. to not like drill him about doing drugs because at, yeah. at the end of the day we were still young like I was like you know like we're, we're all still young like we're still learning so yeah what, like what do I have to lose but I didn't think of it as like whoa I should be that person that's trying to get him better and trying to get me better like yeah. it was just it was just about fitting in for me and yeah. I just wanted to be the person that he wanted to be around as well as with the drugs. Yeah. Like I, you know, like I just, it, it was almost like a fantasy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's l- merely what it was. Because Maybe you're like, for as long as I've known you, you're outgoing. You have no very, problem making yeah. friends. Like, and, I,
2: and I, and that's the thing is like I, for a very long time I've o- I was always very like, I was always very confident with my personality, but I was never confident with myself. Yeah. Like I had I definitely had a lot of issues with myself because I was I was pleasing other people more than I was pleasing myself. Mm -hmm. So like I would I would make sure that everybody else around me is good before I like look at myself. Exactly. So that was definitely like that like had to change drastically. Was that something that
0: like just innately that's your personality or were you conditioned? Like is that a family expectation? I think
2: for me it was just I think that's just how I was. Like, and yeah. I think that's, and I still have some of those qualities now, but I definitely, when I know it's things that have to do with me, I definitely focus on myself a little bit more. Yeah. But back then, no, like I'd never thought about myself. Like it was yeah. just something that just came naturally and it was, and it was almost like I, I definitely wasn't content about it, but I definitely yeah. didn't have a conversation either. Yeah. About it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. So that was pretty much that ending to that. So
1: now um, you're out of the relationship. Out of the
2: relationship. Was that hard and difficult to leave, like it very. Like I, I think I didn't get over him for like a like a legitimate three years. Would you guys like get back together no. and all no. that no. It was no, completely it was, cut off right done. there. It was completely cut off right then and there. Um, but yeah, so like I'm out of this relationship and now were I were you
1: looking to get help now?
2: I, I, so I actually got clean on my own, Mm -hmm. so I just stopped doing coke altogether, because every time I would do it, because I was, I was still doing it here and there, after me and him had broken up, but I, I found that it kept bringing back such negative and aggressive, like, ways, so that I, I didn't even like doing it anymore, like, it was almost, like, I was like, why am I even doing this, because I'm not even getting, a good high out of it, or yeah. i not even getting something good out of it. Like, why am I doing this to myself? So, I just completely cut it out for like two years, yeah, on my own. And no, actually, you know what? Sorry, not two years, it was probably like a year and like a couple months, yeah. How long ago was this? Uh, this was in 2012, like... okay, yeah, so 2012, mm-hmm. maybe 2013. Oh, okay, yeah, 2012 ish, yeah. So, um, then uh, there was a girl that I had met, uh. When I was dating my ex-boyfriend, and me and her became really good friends, mm-hmm. and she was dating this guy, and I remember I would always be hanging out with them, and I had known I I had mutual friends with the guy, so like we had went to the same high school and all this stuff. So I remember um, this is when I I wasn't doing any drugs at all. So you're completely clean at completely this point. Completely clean at this point. No drugs, barely even drinking. Yeah, in yeah. that matter. So I was.
0: Was that hard? Did you have to completely change your lifestyle, friends, and things, or no. were you just strong enough? And like, I think
2: I was just strong enough, like mentally, to do yeah. it at that point. Because it, it wasn't was over it. Yeah, I was just over it. Yeah. So I and it just kept bringing really terrible memories. So I'm like, why am I doing this to myself when I'm just not yeah. even enjoying it? Mm-hmm. So me and her were one day at the house, and uh, we were at her ex boyfriend's house, and I remember she was. I was like, oh, like I'm feeling really sick, and like, you know, I just, I don't know what, like, I, I have a headache, and she was like, here. Try this. It'll help you. And it was a bar of Xanax. And I was like, this, like after like an hour, I was like, this didn't even do anything. I don't feel anything. And she was like, okay, here, try this. So this, that was the day that I had done my first Oxy. Okay. Okay. So, I remember... And so, I she had, gave you a Xanax, and then she, and then she gave, gave me an Oxy. Okay. And
1: right. you, during this time, you never questioned what you were taking? Never questioned it. Yeah. Because I was
0: like, she's a... It's she's a pharmaceutical,
1: a too, right? It's yeah. different. Yeah. Like, you're a little
0: more... I don't know. Just... It's not a... It's not it, a drug drug. No, exactly. Like, it's not a, right. exactly. Exactly. not a street yeah. drug. It's street Exactly. Like, it's like, oh, like, doctors hair. prescribe this. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, that's definitely how I... I didn't even look at it, like that at all I was just I was like okay cool so you know and it was a football and it was a 20 milligram of oxys mind you I've never done oxys in my life so for the first time person you doing 20 milligrams is a lot yeah so I didn't even know and I like after 20-30 minutes I started puking and I started feeling like my heart was like it was slowly dropping and it was like like it just like slowing it down. was slowing down exactly it was slowing down and I like felt like I was like dying and I was like I don't like this yeah, yeah. so when I would puke I would like when I was puking I like tried to force myself to puke so that I actually puked the drug yeah. out yeah but it was so potent in my system that it stayed for like I think it's like I think I was high for like at least five hours Wow. wow and so I was like like I couldn't even drive Cause I was so scared cause I like was so scared. Was was your like vision altered? My vision was altered. I kept falling as well. I kept nodding off. Mm. And so I was like, I'm not, there's no way that I'm driving right now. Da 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 da. So she was like, I think it's because you took too much for the first time. Mm -hmm. So for me, that is, that is when it started. Cause I, it was so weird because I remember I was like, "I'm never gonna do that again" because I, right. I felt disgusting. Like, yeah, I almost, you didn't feel like, good. My felt sick. very yeah. heavy. Yeah, yeah, and like I was like, "This, I didn't even the high wasn't even as great as you know the outcome was." Mm-hmm. So obviously my brain starts working, and I was like, "Maybe I should just take less."
0: Yeah. So you're not even thinking like, "Oh, that was a bad headache. I'm better now. Like, no. I'll never yeah, have to yeah, I'll do never that again." Just, no. Exactly. Like no. we're just gonna move on. I'll just take Advil the next yeah, time. Yeah. No. <laughs>
2: Okay. No, not even thinking of it like that. I was like, I'm gonna call my local drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, and figure out where I <laughs> and can get out more. And figure out where I can get more exactly. And once that happened, I started taking. So I started splitting the 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 pill in a in the middle. So I would take ten milligrams of oxys a day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And with oxys, your tolerance progresses. Right. Yeah. So I was I was addicted to oxys for about two years. At the end of my addiction, I was taking 180 milligrams of Oxy's just wow. so I don't get sick. Whoa. So I went from 10 milligrams yeah. to 180.
1: In two years. In two years. And you were using at this point by yourself?
2: I was using by myself.
0: I was... How quickly did that spiral? So you took Xanax right,
1: right. and
0: Oxy, right? Because you're sick, you have a headache. Right. Now, all of a sudden, like how long before that spiral? Like Maybe a couple weeks. Wow. It only Before you're like, let's get
2: more. Let's yeah. like have this now become a thing in my life. Yeah. And I didn't know of what a withdrawal was until one day I was at work. And I remember this so vividly. I was at work and it was a summer day. And I, I remembered I would always have enough so that I would have enough the next day. Okay. But I was so, I started losing my mind that I didn't know when I would, like I would wake up and just. Snort a pill. What? And not even know. In the middle of the In the night? middle of the night. Start oh snorting gosh. a pill. And just go back to sleep. And not know. Like, I'd literally wake up and look in, like, my little pouch and be like, yeah. oh, I only have one bar left. Yeah. So, and I was like, I had, like, three. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, i like, and I just, even then, I didn't even think of it. Because you're so drawn into the drug that it's only you and that drug. Yeah. That's it. That's all that matters. hmm So, I'm at work, and I was I was, I was a front desk agent at a hotel. And I remember I couldn't, I was literally drenching in sweat and I couldn't even help anybody. Cause I was like, my, my legs started shaking. I was yeah. aching. I was sweating. My, my manager comes up to me and was like, are you okay? I go into the back and I start shaking cause I'm freezing. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And he was like, okay, well I'm just going to send you home because obviously yeah, it's not work. Right, and something's going on. As soon as I left work, I swear, I called my drug dealer and I instantly felt better. Just from the call? Just from the call. <laughs> Not even from taking the drug. Because you, knew, you know it gonna be yeah. wow. knew it was going to be
1: there.
0: Just because I knew it was Wow, your coming.
2: brain released that dopamine almost yeah. immediately. Like. It was crazy. And yeah. I was like, okay, so that was the day that I actually realized... What? You need this to not feel sick anymore. I need this to, to live. live. To, to yeah, cope. To cope. Yeah. yeah. To live. And I was just like, this is this is what my life has come to.
0: Yeah. So so you'd never even given yourself the opportunity to withdraw before that. Like, never. Never. To have not experienced that until you were at work. Yeah. And knowing. Yeah. Like not knowing what not was happening. Not knowing what was
2: happening. I never knew what withdrawal was. Wow. I didn't even know that word even existed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that was pretty much what happened and it just kept spiraling from there. I got into a car accident. I actually, uh, nodded off while I was driving and I ended up in a ditch. Still, that didn't even teach me anything. Yeah. Uh, my best friend overdosed and died. Didn't teach me anything. Um, and it, it got to the point and I had surgery on my nose and that didn't, like I, I was actually sleeping one day and I like woke up and I was going down the stairs, but I don't know, I think I missed a step or something because I was, I was super high and I'm, I like fall down the stairs and my dad had to like lift me up and my, when my dad was picking me up to take me to my bed, my mom was like, your eyes were rolling to the back of your head. She's like, you don't, you didn't look normal. Yeah, And I kept telling your dad and I was like, she's, there's something wrong with her. There's something wrong so with her.
0: So you were living, like, can we just talk about, like, your family life at that point and right. like, And, like, your living situation. Yeah, yeah, so I was
2: living with my family. Um, and my family were, like, you know, my family immigrated here from Egypt. So my family does not, like, we, we don't have addiction in yeah. my family. Like... People know about alcohol, and that's pretty much right. yeah. it. Right, Like, that's yeah. it. It's very sheltered. Very sheltered, very reserved, very, like, you know, religious in a sense, where, mm-hmm. you know, like, drugs are yeah, not bad. an equation. exactly. Yeah. So, it was, so that was, like, the last thing that my parents ever thought about. Like, with, when I was dating my ex-boyfriend at the time, my mom, me and my mom would go months without talking to each other, but that's because I was never coming, I wasn't coming home.
1: She wasn't understanding she, that she you were using,
2: yeah. that I was using. She, she just, just
0: thought it was the, this man that's keeping you away exactly. from your family.
2: Right. So she was like, I, so me and my mom would go months without talking and like, we would like rekindle and then not talk again. All parents, while you're living at home. All while I was living at home. And your
0: parents, were they strict with you or like, were they pretty open? Like growing up, what was your relationship like with them?
2: my, my. Th- I wouldn't necessarily say strict, but I was definitely, I was, I was definitely taught right from wrong. And Mm -hmm. I was definitely instilled a lot of good things that you, you know, like things that you should do, respect, morals, values, honor, God, you know, all of that. So I was definitely, I grew up in a very good home. But I always, for myself, I always felt like I was the black sheep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Because my Were brother you, like, was rebellious. A, I was
2: very rebellious. You know, my brother would do everything by the book. He was so involved into soccer, and I was always that kid that was like running around on the streets. Yeah. And, you know, knew all the bad guys and knew all the you know. So for me, it was it felt like I was the black sheep of the family. So yeah. that for me, that's why I was like, they don't understand me yeah. because yeah. they don't they don't get it. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was, I, I was definitely still a part of the family. I just felt like I was an outcast. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So, but I mean, my family was, they were religious, but they were not extremists. Yeah. yeah. Right. So they definitely taught us the the values and the respect and the morals and all of that. So, um, so it was, it it never crossed my family's mind that this is what it could be. Yeah. Until one day, this was the last day that I remember I was like, okay, like i like now i'm going psychotic yeah. so i go into my my mom's in my room and i'm getting ready for i can't remember what i was getting ready for and i hated being home by the way like i yeah. just i could never Did send me just, home. do your parents
0: know at any point that you were using
2: no i had i told them oh, wow I, I had to tell them so i so yeah my mom was in my room and i remember i Because she knew that I would smoke cigarettes, so she would go into my purse and take my cigarettes and throw them away because she didn't want me smoking. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, so I, like, got out of the shower, and I remember going and looking into my purse where my stash is, and I had nothing in there. Yeah. So I was, like, I started... Like, literally, like, the devil came out of my soul. Wow. Yeah. And I was like,
1: where are the
2: pills? And I started losing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's like, what pills? What pills? And I was like, where are they? You're at home. I'm at at home. home. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And I, like, was like, where are they? And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. We got into this
1: huge
2: fight. And I was like, you took them. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I started, like
1: accusing her accusing
2: her of things that like which that didn't even make sense and she was like I don't understand what you're talking yeah. about what
1: pills mm-hmm. and then
2: that is when I like broke down and I was like "Ma, like I'm an addict and she was like what what is that like that's you know like my mom is very like she was she's fresh fresh off the boat you Yeah, know? like yeah. she doesn't know what an addict is and I was like so I had to like explain everything to her and well,
0: her daughter is involved. And yes. she
2: and she was like, and as soon as I told her, she was like, I knew something was wrong with you, but I didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah. And she's like, and I would have never thought it was this. From that moment on, that was, it was hell after that.
1: Yeah. Because you had to face that now you have to give this up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because your yeah. parents like, are now going to hold you accountable. They're mm-hmm. going
0: to
2: hold me accountable. And I literally let, it's like, I just aired out all my laundry, you know? So my dad comes home and we have this conversation and I told, and I was like, I'm going to start getting sick. Yeah. So my, cause, so I had to explain that to my mom. And so we, so I think it took like, I think the day after was when I went to the hospital and I'm in the hospital withdrawing and Mm -hmm. I was waiting in the emergency for five and a half hours and the doctor like it was so busy the doctor like they just prescribed me that I was like I'm getting I'm relapsing yeah like I'm withdrawing off of uh oxys yeah like they didn't ask me how much I was doing they just yeah prescribed me me something they prescribed me this pill and it was I think clorazepam. yeah and so I was like okay so I took that I went home and I took it and it like started messing with my blood pressure and I was like okay I like I'm I'm withdrawing off of drugs but you guys are feeding me a pill
1: mm-hmm.
2: that is just messing with my blood pressure plus it's not helping with my withdrawals. By oh any so you means weren't
1: feeling any better.
2: I was I was even I was actually feeling worse. Oh okay. So I went back to the hospital with my mom while I'm withdrawing. Yeah. And if there's anybody that knows how a withdrawal is it's probably 90% of the reason why people don't get clean. Yeah. Yeah. For real. <laughs> so, like, it's Is it it's like intense. a
1: stomach feeling? It's, a head? Like... probably,
2: honestly, like, I've never, like, I've never experienced anything like it. It's, like, your your whole body aches. Yeah. Like, where your whole body aches and you, you're mentally, physically, emotionally, you're dead. Yeah. yeah. Your, your soul's not even there. Mm-hmm. So I was in the hospital and my mom, like, sh- and I kept telling her, I was like, mom, like, I, I need, to, I need to pick up something. I need to pick up something. And she was like, please, no, like, you need to start telling yourself. And I was like, look at me. Like, I can't, e- I couldn't even lift a glass of water. Do so you think that you were going to be able to get past that or? I, my, the, only, the my, my cheerleader was my mom and my dad. And yeah. like, they kept telling me, they're like, a couple more days, a and couple being more in the days. Hospital, like being yeah. in the hospital, yeah, and like being in hospital, being in that environment, and looking like that, and just—it was just not a pretty sight. So the doctor, I remember, I was waiting in ER again for like six hours, and I remember I talked to this doctor, and he was like, "Look, I'm gonna help you. This is the addiction is not just about withdrawal. Yeah, mm. addiction is a forever. Yeah. So you need." To find the qualifications and you need to find the balance of how you're gonna get better mm-hmm. not physically but mentally and emotionally. Yeah. He's like the physical, your witch will only pass, gonna, yeah. Yeah, after after that'll pass days. after a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Mine actually lasted almost two weeks. Wow. yeah So he's like the physical part is gonna be gone after two and a half weeks or two weeks, or let's just say however long it lasts. But the physical and the mental, sorry, the mental and the emotional is going to last with you forever. And I like kept telling myself that. And like, just like, I took to everything, I took to heart what he said. And I like really felt like he understood me as a human being and he wasn't Mm -hmm. judging me. Yeah. So he prescribed me Ativan, which is a benzo because I was also doing Xanax and stuff. So He was like, look. He was like, the only withdrawal that you can ever die from is a, is from a benzo. Mm-hmm. Which he was like, you were obviously dabbling and dabbling with with Xanax. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna give you an Adderall that it's like a fast release. It goes underneath your tongue. It's one milligram. Yeah. Take it four times a day, and. He's like, it's not going to help you with your withdrawal. I'm not going to give you anything that helps you with your withdrawal because I want you, next time you ever think of doing a pill, to remember this pain. Feeling. This pain. Yeah. Because trust me, that'll make you not want to well, eat it twice Well, and can't you,
0: like, you get dependent on the drug that they give you for the withdrawals too, right? So
2: that's what happened. And my mom was like, well, I don't want... Her or taking more drugs. Take, take, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, taking to a drug to get drugs. off
0: of a drug, but now you're addicted to that drug. Exactly.
2: So he was like, no, he's like, what we're going to do is we're going to start weaning her off of it. Yeah. So I would take the Ativan four times a day mm-hmm. and I, the only, and I would have to go, like my parents would have to go pick up the Ativan for me. Like they mm-hmm. would only give me a certain amount for two days and then I'd have to go back mm-hmm. to the pharmacy. so you can overdose. So I couldn't it. take like a whole gulp of it right. and yeah. just, you know, like I had to go to the pharmacy every couple of days to go pick mm-hmm. up more. Mm-hmm. And my parents would give me the the medication. Like I didn't have no right. type of. I, yeah. My mom hid Advils. X like nothing was around my house. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. pill. No nothing. So um, so yeah. He uh, so I so the the doctor weaned me off of it and he I would take it four times a day. Then I would take it three times a day. Then I would take it two times a day. Mm-hmm. And then I would take it once a day. And then I would take it every other day. And then I would yeah. take it every other other day. So yeah. like. I slowly started getting like I slowly was weaning right. off of it until I it, it was just out of my system. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's real that like you could do it under a doctor's Correct. supervision yeah. exactly, which so is felt, like the right way, right. you know. To yeah. Be able to, to so it
2: definitely felt like I was okay, like moving, but it definitely didn't help with my withdrawal. Um, so I suffered through the withdrawal, which was torturous, um, and then I stayed I stayed clean for maybe a year and a year and a couple months. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I think I went back was because I, just like I said before, all my dirty laundry was aired. So I felt like now all eyes were on me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was doing this for everybody else but myself. But you had to make that inside, decision to get right. clean. Yeah. But deep down inside, I was like, I'm not done yet. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so you knew. So I knew I wasn't done yet. So, but I s- couldn't start telling that to people yeah. that I have stuck by me. And, like, exactly. my mom. When i doing home. all of this emotional exactly. labor to keep you Exactly. Clean. Like, it was definitely hard on my mom to see me in this stage Absolutely. that I was in, you know? So. Um, so it was definitely like, it, it was heartbreaking, but I was like, I know I'm not done and I yeah. just, I don't know how to break it to them. So unfortunately so I at got...
0: that point were you just then like waiting for the opportunity to go back or like knowing that you're not done, what was stopping you in that moment from just like not sneaking away and
2: like, I, th- I think it was because of the fact that everybody stuck by me. Okay. Like, I was, like, I don't want... You didn't want... have the opportunity. Yeah, like, I didn't have the opportunity because I deleted every... Like, I deleted all these numbers and, like, all this stuff. So I was, like, you know, like, it, for me, it was done, done. Yeah. But I was, like... But when your mind starts working and when you are an addict and your first thought is drugs, that's all... You're going to be fixated You're fixated yeah. on. Like, nothing, like, nothing can come in between you and that drug. Yeah. And, that and you guys what were friends during this during whole this time. So,
0: like, what was your experience?
1: Um, because you aren't, you like, you don't do drugs. Yeah. Like, so we're for in that scene. for us, I mean, we we met. I was eighteen, and I mean, I'd seen her play around with it when we'd go to the clubs and stuff like that, and I I had many friends that were using at that time. Yeah. It was a party thing, right? Yeah. But I started to notice it mostly that something was happening outside of our friendship when I started to see her not show up to school Mm -hmm. or there was a time, so we, how we'd go to school is we'd meet at um, the SkyTrain station, Patterson, Mm -hmm. what up, and um, then we'd go to school together and one day I, they're waiting for her and she's not there and I was like oh that's weird because if she's running late she'll, hit Let me up you know. and I'm like, Hey, well I need to get to class. So I'm going to go and I'll hit her up and see what's going mm-hmm. on. So I message her. She didn't reply. And I go to class and then she calls me later and says that she fainted at the, um, Skytrain station. And I'm like, what? Like, what are, yeah. you, what are you talking about? Are you okay? Like, you know, and I'm not even thinking that anything drug related. Right. I'm just like, Oh, maybe she's just really sick. Like, and She covered it up to me, and we went on with our friendship. But, like, something inside me always knew there's something was going on on that she wasn't ready to talk to me about. Yeah,
0: when you guys were hanging out, like, what was her personality?
1: She's always been, like, super outgoing. Our friend group, like, was similar. Like, we were very, very close. Yeah. But you don't want to also believe that your friend is an addict either. You don't want to think of them like that. So there was, I remember a time when she opened up to me that it was like a problem that, you know, and at first I was like, is she just saying this? Cause she doesn't know that that's what's happening. But like, because I didn't want to accept it, too, okay. I think. You were in denial as well. Yeah, because you, it's scary. It's so yeah. scary. Because in my head, too, it was like, you are going to add it if you're on Hastings. Yeah, because right. I think it's like a Vancouver thing. Your parents drive you down East Hastings yeah, like, as really a child, like, yeah. and they say, like, this, this is, is where, where you'll end up. You. This is, if is where you. you'll
2: end up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm
1: like, she's still, like, showing up at school. Like, she's still holding her job down. Like, she may not. And I, like, honestly, like, when it came to school... I always thought it was just a lack of interest. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like she's just losing interest in this, so maybe that's why she's not showing up. Because you have that with so many yeah. friends at that age. Yeah, too. you're
0: dropping out. You're yeah, like, okay, okay.
1: like she's just figuring out what she wants to do. But it really like made sense to me once she started to become distant with me, mm-hmm. and our friendship was also very interesting. Where we could go like two months without talking in- and. Okay. Like, and not because we are not talking. Yeah, you're just busy. Yeah, Yeah. like, and for me, I was also so involved in school. And Mm -hmm. so I graduated and started traveling. Mm -hmm. So if we went a couple months without talking, it wasn't because we were trying not to talk. It was like I was was out of country or something, right? So then we'd get back and catch up and be okay with it. Yeah. And once I started to see how it impacted her family, is when i was like this is this is really happening happening. this is really happening
2: yeah it was it was it was tough like definitely especially on my parents like because i mean like my parents came here from egypt so that my brother and i could have a better life right Mm -hmm. and it's like for me like part of my french but like i literally shut on all of that Mm -hmm. so i felt like during my withdrawal during that whole time i just i wanted to go Cause I was like, I'm not you don't want a dealer yeah. Yeah. You don't want them I'm, to deal with that. Right. I'm like, I'm making everything worse. I, you know, like I, my mom can't even blink without me being next to her. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like, like my mom during my withdrawal, my mom lived in my room with me. Like she mm-hmm. stayed in the room with me. Yeah. She watched my every single move so that I wouldn't right. do anything. Right? Yeah. So it was definitely like, I felt like I was trapped but I deserved to be there. Like, I was definitely getting trapped for all the right reasons. Yeah, because they were doing it out of love. Right. And, you know, wanting to support you. Exactly. Which is beautiful
0: because I feel like... Not with, a lot of people have no, that. No, not a yeah. lot of people have that. And you guys are also, you're Canadian, so the doctor thing, like, having the access to the, the healthcare that yeah. you did... so important. Like... So Because I know a lot of people listening in... This country won't be able to relate to that story because right. like, they don't have the access to the doctors and the healthcare that you that yeah. you guys have, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. so that makes it so much harder. And then the shame aspects of it when mm-hmm. you're shamed by your family, when you're guilted by your family, that yeah. is like, that's like fuel to the fire. Of like course. I feel like addiction can't survive, can't thrive without shame and yeah. guilt. And mm-hmm. that's
2: why. And that's why a lot of people go back to that is because they're so ashamed of themselves and so ashamed of who they are. Right. That they're like, I would rather just die in shame mm-hmm. and face, mm-hmm. face who I am and face reality right. and face my consequences and face all these things that I've done in my past and all the people that I've hurt and all yeah. the things that I've stolen. all You know, it's like, a lot to come to it, terms it, with. It, it is. And like, you know, like it's, it, it's scary. Like my, my first instinct when, when I was like, when, my, when the doctor was like, you need to get a counselor. You need to go to rehab. You need to do this. And I was like, no, I just need to get off the drug. That's it. Like, that's yeah, all I thought. Thinking. Yeah. That I was like, I just need to get this out of my system that's it yeah and he was like no So you didn't really understand the emotional
0: part of it
1: that I you were... the
2: emotional part to me didn't even exist yeah. I just thought that it was just
1: inside. a physical it, thing a physical, yeah as long like, as that drug wasn't inside you, you you're good exactly yeah and that's
2: how I felt and until I got off of it like everything I was like all I kept thinking of was drugs mm-hmm. all my like
0: Triggers, right? Yeah. Because now you're like, oh, you're having a bad day. I used to, you know, yeah, not deal with that exactly. You know, and that's like I never had bad days. Exactly. It was
2: it was literally just like that. Like it was like, oh, I got into a fight with my mom. Mm -hmm. Take a pill, like you know. Yeah. It was literally like that. Was like the problem solver to everything, Mm -hmm. but it was it was just a band aid, right? You know, Mm -hmm. so. It was almost like I had to start peeling the layers. And I remember I was like, my parents were like, okay, well, why don't we put you into rehab? And in order for my parents to do that, my dad would have had to take out all his RSPs and put me into rehab. And I was like, okay, hypothetically speaking, what if I go into rehab? Is that like for an American, I don't know. Oh, uh, retirement Uh, savings plan. Retirement savings, yeah, sorry. Um, Retirement savings plan. So like my dad, like, so I felt like, hypothetically speaking what if I went to rehab came out and started doing drugs again like mm-hmm. yeah there's just your your retirement their whole gone. retirement your retirement's yep. gone mm-hmm. you have no money like yeah. do you, so that for me like it was never it was never not an like a an issue but it was I was like let me try to do everything other than rehab mm-hmm. just so, because of the cost that just you... because of the cost and just because of shame yeah yeah like that was another one for me, it was like, okay, yeah, I can be in a room with all these people, but what are my parents going to tell my family?
1: Like, where I mean, is Shane
2: yeah. Like, where? shame. Like, that's where most of it came from. So mm-hmm. I was like, let me figure this one out. So I ended up uh, getting a counselor, which, love her, saved my life, definitely. But I was definitely that type of person that did not believe in counselors. Did not believe in therapists. I right. was like, "How is this person with a degree gonna fix my life yeah. that is in shambles?" And I'm an addict. Like, how how is she gonna tell me? Especially, what to when, do, they've especially when they've never been. Especially when they've never been in my situation, or right. they've never lived a day in my shoe. How? Yeah. And that's literally when I first saw her. I was like, "How are you gonna fix me?" Yeah. I'm like I'm broken I'm dead like there's mm-hmm. nothing you can fix like why like yeah I just doubted everything and she just she kept trying and she kept pushing and like after my first session with her I immediately was drawn in because I was drawn into the fact that this was somebody that didn't know me
1: mm-hmm.
2: didn't judge me mm-hmm. I could freely tell everything to and I know that it's not going anywhere. Right. And yeah. I know and that... And there's
0: no, like, emotional cord right? There. Exactly. So it's like, you could speak freely and it's not going to cause an explosion or an eruption.
2: Right. Whereas, like, with my family, I can't speak yeah. freely. Like, exactly. I have... There's things that I hold back so that I don't hurt them more than yeah. I've already heard yeah. hurt them. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I literally, the first session, I was just a broken record. I started telling her everything, started opening up to her about everything. And so she was like, okay, well, where do you want to move from now? And I was like, well, rehab is definitely the last thing that I want to consider. So what are my options? And she's like, you can do the 90 meetings in 90 days. You could, um, start going to, uh, start going to detox detox. Cause I had already detoxed at home. So detox was just a, it was just a way to teach you about drugs and like, you know, arts, like there was arts and crafts, stress management, okay, grief and loss. Like mm-hmm. there was different classes that you could take so that, you know, like all You're these things you can handle you with these, situations, right. better. Like recovery yeah. management. Yeah. And are training. those things free
0: for you? Yeah. Yes. Okay. God, those God things bless are Canada. <laughs> yeah, <those laughs> things are
2: so, um, so I went into detox. I graduated from detox. Uh, I did the whole 90 meetings in 90 days um, my mom even actually, when I got my counselor, she started going to classes wow. to to learn about mm-hmm. certain drugs. So which mom, is so important. Yeah, so, so my mom important. really got involved with knowing her own awareness, right, and Education, so that she knows, like, if hypothetically speaking, she was to go into my bag and see like powder, she'd be like, "What is this powder? Like, she would yeah. know mm-hmm. what to look out. She's for looking, looking out for yeah. exactly so. Um I you know like kudos to my mom for that because she definitely learned a lot and she definitely learned a lot on how to deal with me mm-hmm. because we would always like she kept she kept asking the words why like why are you doing this right yeah. right why do you need to do this like and it was it, being an addict and being somebody who is in addiction like you there there is no why there is no why how when You don't have one
1: answer for there's the why. No, yeah,
2: there's no answer. Like it's, it's not. Oh, I'm bored. Or oh, I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. up. Yeah. I, I I have a. I've had a really rough childhood. It's it's just once you get drawn into that drug, you're done. you yeah. done. Mm-hmm. So, like there's no, you know, like there's no like oh well this is this is what I did. I took a drug and now I'm addicted. Like yeah, you know, it's like it's not even that either. You just it sucks you in and it sucks the life out of you. So. Um, after that, my mom, yeah, so she, she went, she would go to classes and then my counselor was actually her counselor as well. Okay. So she was also like a family counselor, but I would have my own separate, like Mm -hmm. she, my stuff was confidential. She even knew that, like, she was like, whatever Miriam shares with me is, I cannot share it with you. Mm -hmm. And my mom respected that. And she was like, well, if there's anything that I know that she needs to tell me, I know she'll be able to tell me because we've come this far. Yeah. Yeah. So my, so I, I did everything that I needed to do, in order for me to start getting people off my back. Yeah. So that people are can like, trust okay, you again. Right. So that they can trust me again, and that they could be like, okay, you know, like, let her live her life now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's when I started taking advantage of that. And a year. So even with the, the therapy, you're you're getting all with all support. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's still just to like appease people. Yeah. Like you're just.
2: It, literally like it so were was, you
0: getting anything out of all of the train, like all of this I definitely education, was, all yeah. this like
2: emotional support like I was I definitely was but I also felt like I was also lying to myself okay because I was like I feel like I'm just gonna come back to where I am you just
0: didn't feel like you had enough power against the drug I, I just didn't
2: I wasn't I quit for everybody else not for yourself for myself okay. so for me it was like once I'm ready to quit for me that's it. Like I'm quitting for myself. Mm -hmm. But in, in this sense, I was quitting for everybody else and I was quitting for everybody else around me so that people can have the Miriam that they've always Mm -hmm. loved back. Right. Like, or the Miriam that they know and the funny Miriam and the outgoing Miriam and all this. So I, it was like, I was, I was playing a facade. Yeah. Yeah. So that all happened. And then for me also, once I hit my year of, sobriety mm-hmm. I like celebrated I was I like went out and grabbed coke and Stop. like yeah, I yeah. went and like celebrated I was like whoa was that I, your first like, that was, opportunity. That was my first You're yeah like, okay. that was my first opportunity and, and I was like do I, this. I, I celebrated for I binged for like three days
1: wow yeah and you didn't think like um, getting is, addicted again yeah like this no. is
0: I didn't think of it at all Did like you that. think like, did you have the idea like this is, okay, I'm celebrating and then after these three days, I'm going to put it away and then we're going to just gonna keep it continue with this healing or like what, or were you at that point like, fuck it. I've made it a year. Now it's like, I've made I'm everyone back. trust yeah. me again. Yeah. They're exactly. off my back.
2: So I can
1: go live my life. I That's think the old for, ways.
2: for me, it was, damn, like I really did a year and I was like, I'm proud of myself. So, for me, I was like, let me celebrate and do what I miss. Yeah. Okay, and enjoy doing it because I feel like this is the only time I can do it, you okay. know? So, once I started doing that, I like would dibble and dabble with Coke here and there. So, I started doing the whole Coke again. Yeah. And then I started doing all
1: these. So, you're other... back in your. So, I'm and... back
2: in pretty much square one. Yeah. Like, I'm back where I was to 2012. Yeah. So, and I was like, but I'm not doing the Oxy. Okay. So for me it was like, but I'm not doing oxy. So did you think this is like, oh, this is just gonna be my new normal? Like
1: right.
0: I'm, I'm an addict. Like I'm addicted to oxy's. I'm so I'm gonna stay away from that. Yes. But these
2: party drugs like wasn't so bad. Yes. So I'm just. Gonna, that's exactly how I thought. Yeah. That's exactly how my mind was like. Yep. That's it. So I was like, okay, cool. Like you know, that's what I'm gonna do. Until those drugs started not working for me anymore and I was just like I wasn't enjoying them as much as I was and I was like okay well are you still getting high off of it like here and there like obviously off the coke yeah, yeah. but like you know like it would it for coke in order for you, you just to, have to be high all of the time like, I hated being sober yeah I hated being sober because yeah. I never lived I haven't I hadn't lived good enough sober days to enjoy them yeah. You know what I mean so I was like why am I why don't I just
0: like and those were hard silver days yeah too. like after were. being off the drug like you yeah have like, to like your really body's
2: trying to like regroup itself. yeah those are hard days yeah like you know like M literally drains out all the spinal fluid, yeah. fluid from your body like coke you go straight to your brain yeah. losing brain cells you're not eating mm-hmm. not drinking enough water like right. your body's just dead like yeah. dead so um so yeah and then I start and lo and behold. Didn't take long until I started dibbling and dabbling with oxys again.
1: Yeah. And then
2: I remember as soon as I, it didn't even have to get bad because I went and made a, I called my counselor because at this point I had all the resources. Right. Yeah. I so knew what where to you're do. Where you continuing Where I was going. continuing to go. Yeah. Oh wow. But I, I was lying to everybody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was lying to the people that loved me and the people that were trying to help me and I was lying to them and it was like. You know, like, I, it, it was, it was, it was sick. Like, it was, that's, like, that's not who I am, mm-hmm. you know? So, I, like, would make it seem like I'm so perfect and, whoa, like, you know, like, my yeah. life is so great. Thank you so much for fixing me and da, da 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 But deep down, I was, like, snorting a line in my counselor's bathroom. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it was just so messed up. So, um, so, yeah, I literally one day called my counselor and was like, I need to make an appointment with you, mm-hmm. da 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 Went and saw her and I was like, I've been lying the whole time. I'm oh, still right. an addict. Yeah. I'm like, I need help. Yeah. And I was like, I've been doing oxies again and it's going to start getting bad. Right. Yeah. Because I knew where it was going yes. to be. So yes. You've lead been me. through that pattern I've before. Been, I've so was she the first one you were honest with? She was the first one I was honest with. So I told her everything and she was like, okay. She was like, rehab was the last thing you wanted. We're putting you on methadone. So I was like, okay, because my biggest fear was my withdrawal. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I am go not through again. going through that again. I will die. I would rather die or get shot in the head than go through that. Yeah. Like I would rather get stabbed six times and still be alive, fighting for my life than going through that. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, I'm not. I don't want to experience withdrawal. Really? So she was like, okay. She was like, she um, gave me a uh, brochure for. A methadone clinic and it was just opening and it was right by my house and got on methadone two years later still on methadone mm-hmm. and i have been two years clean wow so it's like and people have Can like you
0: explain like what methadone is so what methadone
2: yeah so what methadone is it's 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 like an opiate reducer so like you remember how i was talking to you about the Adivan and how yeah. You Know the doctors wean me off of it, so mm-hmm. that's essentially what methadone is. So if they get you to your desired dose, mm-hmm. and once you get to your desired dose, you're so that you're stable, they start weaning you off of it, so they'll start lowering your dose, okay? yeah, so that you're not just you're not gonna be on
0: this forever. No, you're not gonna not be on this forever. forever, but
2: in, the whole, the whole prop, like the program is to make sure that you are building a structure and a schedule for yourself to live a normal life without these drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like my counselor once said, she was like, so when you're an addict, there's it's your brain is like releasing bad dopamine.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So you need to start doing things so that you need to start getting your brain to work so that you're releasing good dopamine. Right. Things that make you feel good. You need to start doing more of those yeah. 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 so that your brain starts like, releasing the better dopamine so that right. all the better well, it's dopamine like rewards right exactly. We're like
0: humans like physiologically we respond to rewards and yeah, our exactly. brain gives us the rewards through those hormones exactly and if you're used to getting your rewards through drugs yeah like pizza and a movie or something isn't exactly. gonna do it it's not exactly. gonna be enough yeah. literally
2: but it's but it's something better yeah than, you know what i mean and i was like i want to like i want to use this and like like i want to i want my story to be different because i cuz when i was reading like the na book and like all these things mm-hmm. like i didn't find stories that were similar to mine mm-hmm. you know like like and then until i actually crossed uh i read this one story that there was a there was a boy that was addicted to heroin in Saudi Arabia. And I was like, Oh wow. Like that hit close to home, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm like, wow, like I'm an Egyptian here that's addicted. Yeah, and like Culturally, culturally yeah. it's just it's not it's can happen to anybody. Anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and so, just the
0: importance of that like testimony, you need to be able to see yourself in the story or else right. it's not gonna hit. It's not gonna it's land, it's not gonna on. hit
2: as hard as yeah mm-hmm. it should. And like sorry, I forgot to mention one thing, and I had also another thing that still didn't even teach me my lesson was I overdosed twice. Wow. Yeah. I overdosed twice. I, I overdosed on fentanyl and mm-hmm. I overdosed on Oxy's cause it was fake. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I was like, even those things didn't teach me anything. Like I, like my friends saw foam coming from my mouth. Right? right. Like I was, you know, like that, like even that didn't even teach, like once you're drawn into that drug of choice, there's, It can take over your entire life before your own, before your own eyes even know it. Like Mm -hmm. it is so crazy how much you could do to just get that drug and get that drug for Mm -hmm. the day. And, you know, like I was paying 180 milligrams of oxys a day. Right. So how much is that? $180. $180. $180. A day. A day. A day. Wow. So you were just like going to work to fund this addiction. I was working to fund my addiction.
0: Yeah. and Like, it's funny because you had the support of your family. Like, you also lived at home so you could... That but you could yeah. fund it. Cause yeah. I was thinking like a job you like were working. Yeah. Like, I would not be able to sustain. Yeah. That without stealing or having to like resort to other things. Right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And like I have taken things to like the pawn shop to pawn things yeah. when I was really like stuck. Right. Mm-hmm. Because what you get paid every two weeks. Yeah. My paycheck. I'm literally blowing it on in one day. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you make do with what you have, and it, it, like it, it. That's the thing is, it makes you do crazy things. Like I would never think about taking money from my family or knowing where my family put cash and I would take all of it and, you know, like, just tell them, like, I'm like, oh, I'll worry about it later. I'll tell them what I needed it for. Till now, I don't carry cash. Yeah. I do not carry cash as cash is a trigger for me. Okay. So even things like a straw was a trigger for me. Wow. Money was, like, a huge trigger for me. So those are all things that, like, I had to sustain from so that I don't, my mind doesn't start going back to that. Yeah. Because, or even old, like, parks that I used to go meet people at, or, like, old areas where I used to go drive by. Like, just things like that. Like, I had to
1: literally... remove
2: yourself. Completely remove myself. And I don't speak to anybody. Like, I'm literally now, like, living a hermit life, and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I love it. Because my family and I are, we're like at, at our best. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that they, they are the true ones that have never given up on me. Right. Yeah. You know, like how I f- has
0: this change
2: their ideas and perceptions of other people with addictions? Crazy. Too, you know, like it's very different. Like my mom now. So what I did when I, uh, I think this was two years ago when I was actually first getting clean, I was like, I want to give back to, to not only the street that I once judged, but to the people that I feel like I've judged without even knowing their Basically, story or their experience. experience or anything. So I actually, my mom was such a sweetheart and she helped me. So we went to Costco and we went and bought like new socks, like a fresh mm-hmm. package, like a couple packs of socks and like gloves and all these things. And I started making care packages and I made, mm-hmm. um, like, I can't remember, I think it was like 70 or something. And I went on the downtown, I went to the downtown East side, started hanging, ha- like handing it out yeah. to everybody. And and this was during the winter time. And this was on Christmas because I don't celebrate Christmas. So this mm-hmm. was Christmas Day. I went there, did all that, and then on New Year's Eve, I went and handed out blankets because my mom was like, "Hey, these blankets. I was gonna yeah. throw them away, but do you want to just give them to the homeless people." Yeah. So when I, like you know donated a bunch of blankets to the homeless people and mm-hmm. like, you know like, the way that my mom and my dad's even mentality is now like they they're like, like anybody could go through it. Like, yeah. Yeah you know, like regardless of where you come from or who you are or what side of the world you're from, you know, like I, I was raised as an Egyptian Muslim woman, yeah. you know, and that's, and, and that's very, happened. and it and still happened and that's very uncommon, yeah, you know, like you don't hear that often, but like, that's like one thing that I've always told myself, I'm like, if there's one thing that I want to come out of this, if I could help one person just, mm-hmm. you know, like. With no judgments, no nothing. Like then I've already done my job. Yeah. Like I've done my due diligence. Like i like I could die happy just yeah. because it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, how old you are. Like people have been, and like I've been in a room with people who have been addicted longer than I've been born, and right. they still make it out on the other side. Yeah, you know, and like that. That in itself is so empowering. Yeah, because you're, you know, like when I my first meeting when I went into NA, which is Narcotics Anonymous. My first meeting, a, a guy was getting his cake. He was celebrating 30 years of recovery. Wow! Like, if that already wasn't like to go to show you that, like, like you know, the other side is better, then what? What is you know? Yeah. And so, like, it's all it's it's about doing the work. It's about doing the steps. It's about do it's about wanting it for yourself and wanting it more than anything in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's, that's honestly what it's gonna take. and you can only do it for yourself yeah if you if if you were like me and thought that you want to do it for everybody else
0: don't do it like that's not enough that's
2: with anything like if you are
0: doing anything in life as simple as a job Mm -hmm. whatever a diet like if you're doing it for other people that can only take you so far before you're like well my life before was fine it was easier like yeah I'm just gonna go back you have to
2: want it for yourself yeah and also another thing is like so when I was in school with Bianca I was in college and I had dropped out because I so I see all my friends graduating yeah all the friends that I had made graduating I'm still I'm all the way behind Mm -hmm. because I like was feeling I failed a bunch of classes that would never go and all this stuff so I completely just dropped out and then now, this year, I am finally done. Like, I just finished. Oh, wow. So I went, picked Yay. myself back up. <laughs>
0: congrats.
2: And I was like, I'm going to finish this. Yes. I, I'm going to start what I finished. And I, like, literally just had my last exam, like, last week. Wow. So, and I'm, like, all graduated and done. So it's, yeah. like, rega- and for me, I was like, wow, like, you know, like, this happened, like, 10 years ago or however yeah. long ago. But I'm like, it doesn't matter how long it took me. It's the fact that I did it.
0: Because the time is going to pass regardless. We're like, sorry, you have to think about that. Like, sure, it seems like, God, I'll never get there. Or by the time I get there, I'm going to be too old mm-hmm, or whatever. Yeah. the time is passing, whether yeah, you like yeah. it or not. So you might as well be productive with Literally, it. Literally. And
2: I always thought that life was like a race. Like, yeah. Like, until... And and I remember I was having this conversation with one of my cousin's uh, friends. And I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm in a race. And he's like, but you're not. He's like, you're you he think living. yeah he's like you're just living he's like but you're you thinking that you're in a race you're gonna lose because you're racing by yourself yeah. nobody else is, nobody else is to your left and nobody else is to your right yeah you're losing like if you continue thinking that life is a race and that you've done all these things and that you failed all this and that you failed all that and like you know you're you've already lost yeah the fact that you know, like, yeah, maybe you can't get those years back, but look at all of the things that, like, look at the knowledge, look at the, the education, look at the experience. amount of experience, respect, love, and, you know, like, things that you and your family have conquered together, not only just your family, yourself, your, mm-hmm. you know, like, your, your friends, like, just everything around you just starts getting better and it starts making more sense. Mm-hmm. Because once you change your life and you are ready to see the other side and you're like, I'm done with this, you really get to see what you've been missing out on. Mm -hmm. And life is just such a beautiful thing. And, like, during my whole um, addiction, like, my cousin back home in Egypt, she passed away because of kidney failure. Wow. And I was like, how... And she had two kids. And I was like, how am I going to be the selfish human being that I am that is doing drugs to kill myself while my Mm -hmm. cousin's on the other side of the world fighting for her children? Yeah. And I was like, I'm not... I'm not going to be the one, you know, yeah. like, that's not what I want to do, you know? And like my mom even was like, you know, seeing like her niece go through that. And then my uncle passing away after his daughter because of his heart was broken. Yeah. Like it was just all these things that just started aligning and just started making sense. And it was like, this is what you need to do in order for you to get your life back together. Yeah. yeah. It And I, and I was ready for for however long it took, I was like, I'm in it because I want to do it. And I want to do it for myself. I'm not doing it for this person. I'm not doing it for that person. I'm doing it for myself because I want to live.
1: Yeah.
2: And I want to live for the people that haven't. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, especially my best friend. Like, it's been four years since he passed and like, it, it still hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it still hurts. And it's like, because at the end of the day, his, it's his, his mom, like she has, she, you should yeah, time never. Passes, time passes. Yeah, carries on. And time carries on, but it's like that. That will never take away who your child was. Right, no, yeah, you know. So it's it. It just it was like I I have to get better, or else I'm, I. And I told myself I was like, if I ever come back to doing this drug, like doing drugs, I'm dying off of it because I'm not. I'm not gonna come back and like, and redo what I started. You know, because yeah. it's like, and that's just what makes. That's just what makes it more motivating for me because i'm like i don't want to do this i can't like for me it's like it's a matter of i can't yeah you know like it's and it's not it's not i don't want to it's i can't cannot you know so that's once i keep like when i keep telling myself that that's all that matters right and they're like the the other side is a lot better Mm -hmm.
1: absolutely so So making that decision for yourself is what really helped the most Mm -hmm. not doing it for anybody else doing it for you and then putting in the work yeah there's you so much work, work. Just... and not looking at it as like all right a year from now I'll be like be clean and life's good it's mm-hmm. this is something you work on on every day mm-hmm. and having loved ones that are educating themselves that made a huge difference in your life yeah having your mom understand so and that is important because
0: if you are if you are someone that has a loved one and you want to be there for Mm -hmm. that person, Mm -hmm. you have to understand that this is now a unique situation. Like, I'm not in a regular relationship. I'm choosing to actively participate in a relationship with an addict. So I need to do my due diligence to to educate myself on how I need to show up now in that type of dynamic. It's like you
2: almost need to understand... It's almost like you need to understand yourself as an addict
0: yeah you know
2: right so yeah it's, and it's hard like with you know with my mom barely even speaking English mm-hmm. and you know like having to really break down things that I I've uh, very very uncomfortable things and conversations yeah. that I've had to talk to my mom about yeah but it was all just about showing her the things that I've gone through and like even now like we have conversations and like you know like, I remember like a couple days ago I was I was at home and I remember she like I was just walking by or something and I just like from the corner of my eye I see her smiling, and mm-hmm. I like like turning around and I was like why are you smiling? And she yeah. was like, because my daughter's back like and, it, oh, wow. and like that like yeah. broke my heart. And she yeah, she was like because yeah. I finally have my daughter again. She yeah, was, like, it's been so long. And she was like, but you've proved not only to me, but your father and your brother and like everybody else around you that has known, that have known what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. You've shown us all how strong and how committed you are. Yes. That like, to me, she was like, I know now that if anything, if life ever hits you with anything harder than this, you're good. Like You can handle it. And she was like, that's all I've ever wanted as a mom is to make sure that I raised my children to be able to handle anything that life, life gives them. Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. So, yeah. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Honestly, thank you so much for being <laughs> thank so you
1: open. No, with
2: of us. course. This was an honor. I was, like, you guys know I, like, follow you guys, and I love you guys, and, you know, this is this has been an honor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. I, I'm just, like, in awe right now because I've just, like, experienced, like, walked with you in the last 10 years of our friendship mm-hmm. and seen – The progress and Mm -hmm. you know watched you get clean and then relapse and then the work you've put in in the last two years Mm -hmm. and being like close enough with your family and seeing the growth it's beautiful like I I hope other people who are struggling with this like take this story and you know are able to do something for Mm -hmm. themselves and know that they're also able to overcome their addiction and if you're someone that is like have has a loved one that's struggling with addiction that Mm -hmm. there are ways that you can also assist them to get clean exactly and assist yourself because that
0: is an emotional toll on Mm -hmm. you as the sober person Mm -hmm. Um, having to watch a loved one struggle in that yeah. manner. Yeah. So it's a it's work,
1: emotional work for everyone yeah. involved.
2: And to never judge a book by its cover. No, never. As Absolutely. You never know.
1: Like it's, it could be you.
2: It, it literally could be you and it it's it, yeah, and it's just like I my heart now goes out to every single person that has, you know, suffered from this and mm-hmm. is still suffering from this because like I get it. Yeah. You know? And, like, I feel like other people should understand and should get it instead of judge them. And, you know, like, you never judge a book by its cover because oh no. you never know what that person's going to do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. it's important. Thank
0: All you. Right, guys.
1: Thank you for tuning in. Perfect. And before we go, I just want uh, anyone who is... Going through addiction and is looking to seek help or finding someone to speak to, don't hesitate to call the Addict Hotline at one 921 9653